0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, uh, your podcast for everything smart cities, action and investment and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck, your host, uh, and I'm from the Smart Cities Council here in the Australia, New Zealand region. Uh, And coming to you with this episode, uh, again, uh, relating to the release uh, of key smart cities reports that we believe uh, are worthy of of diving into, um, and we're going to uh, hear about a, a very uh, important report today, the Smarter Cities 2025 report that was released uh, late last year in November at the Barcelona uh, World uh, Smart Cities uh, World Expo Congress, um, and this report is around building a sustainable business and financing plan for smart cities, and to To sort of work me through this report and share some uh, insights uh, and uh, reflections, uh, I have on the line Mark Saunders from Ferrovial Services, based out of London. And Mark's uh, role there is director uh, and uh, director of the Centre of Excellence for Cities at Ferrovial. Mark, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Pleasure to be here. Let's just start by giving our listeners uh, a bit of an overview and bio of, of who you are and what you do at Froville, Mark.
1: Yeah, no problem. So uh, you, you've already introduced the, uh, the, the, the the team that I lead, which is the the Centre of Excellence for Cities. This is a, a, a global innovation channel within our business to to focus on the needs of cities and and, and also to support and, and improve the services that we deliver within cities. So this includes... Uh, Mobility, for example, the urban services that you, you see every day out out there and on, on the streets of the city So related to highways lighting environmental
0: services all, all, all of those good things that we see every day And and mark just for context the, the center of excellence for cities At Frovial that's not uh, that's not its own center of excellence. You've got a number of those haven't you?
1: That's right in in total. We have we have we have five of those um focusing on different di- different parts of our uh, of our business. so for example, we have one based on on waste treatment, we have natural resources uh, and, and, and we have a number of others fo- focused on the, the, the sort of key areas of, of our business. I mean as, as a business we're, a, we're an infrastructure business um, and, and as for OVL services uh, which which comprises, Um, businesses in Australia, New Zealand, in this case called Broad Spectrum, Um, but also UK, the the home Spain uh, and and the US and Latin America. So very much an infrastructure services
0: business. And um, your role, Mark, can can I assume that you've got a bit of a a global role there? You get to see a lot in, in in a big geographic space? (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes, I, I get spread very thinly. Uh, no, you, we, we have operating businesses uh, in in the different territories that I that I mentioned, and uh, the the, the centre of excellence delivers a program of of uh, innovation projects, improvement projects, positioning projects, uh, client related projects in each of those territories. So, in the case of Australia and New Zealand, we work very closely with uh, Broad Spectrum there.
0: And um, for those that may not know the the organisation too well, um, indeed, when I first um, sort of got exposed um, and connected with Ferrovial via uh, Broad Spectrum uh, here in Australia and New Zealand, and, and Broad Spectrum being uh, one of the partners of the Smart Cities Council, I was I was quite um, amazed at the sort of the intersection points you had have with the built environment, it's, it's not necessarily just sort of planning and design and construction, but you really get into sort of operation of assets and maintenance and, and that, that sort of part of the life cycle of an asset as well. Don't you? Yeah, c- completely. So in, in some cases as
1: a, as a group business, we, we will own the asset uh, airports, for example, or toll roads, uh, in, in, in other cases, we will uh, manage, maintain and improve the in- infrastructure on behalf of our clients. And the clients could be uh, city councils, they could be uh, state bodies, highways departments, the, 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 the whole range, really. And then the, 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 the services team delivers services on, on top of that, which could be... Um, management maintenance improvement that that sort of thing, so yeah we, we, we sort of sit sit on both sides uh, both, both as a, a an owner operator investor maintainer full uh, full life cycle which is we, we have a particular interest in in asset management in that context
0: just just for a moment mark in, in your role you know the center of excellence for cities I, I just want to sort of ask you know for, from one fellow. Cities nerd to another um you 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 must be seeing and, and particularly given your geographic sort of footprint as well um the city's space um has changed a lot hasn't it i, I mean how, how how are you keeping up with uh the rapid pace of change you know the uh the sort of advancements in in infrastructure and you know just just not i'm not talking just about smart a moment, but just infrastructure is is rapidly changing business models are rapidly changing you know there's politics in in some regions that play a huge role funding you know in another it's it's a busy space to sort of play in these days isn't it oh 100% and uh, as you say as a as, as a city
1: nerd yeah you you see all of these things but I, but i get the sense that we're all uh, struggling a little bit to sort of keep keep up with a relentless pace of development. You know, every, every day we, uh, we get bombarded with, with messages about new technologies, new startups with new, new solutions, bringing value. And it's, it it is, I absolutely agree. It's very dif- difficult to, uh, to, to keep up. And I, I think we're all in the same uh, position. So, I mean, in short, I think I think the best way of uh, addressing that is is to keep talking keep mm. communicating uh, and 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 keep collaborating. I think when you know if, if we each restrict our uh, our own vision to to what we can see, then very much we'll we'll, we'll be uh, restricted in that in that view but if we can open this up and, and and share and well what's worked for you what what didn't work for you that might help understand what what could work for me too so um, I, I think I think working together and collaborating is is is, the, is a natural way uh, of, of of achieving this. You know, uh, avoiding the uh, avoiding the cul de sacs, the the, the the wasted investment, and and, and short to, to to what's really going to work at scale. And I, I think that latter point is uh, is very relevant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I suppose um, just on the on the report that we're going to talk about, um, in terms of working together and that that theme being important. Um, a whole range of organizations came together to help sponsor this report. Um, a couple of other, you know, key organizations also smart city council members like Oracle and Accenture, but also in the mix with, with General Motors and Mastercard. Let, let, let's let me start by asking you the question, Mark, how did, how did sort of Ferovial um, sort of get, get the opportunity to be part of this, this research and white paper, um, and, and why you wanted to be part of it?
1: Uh, yeah, we're, um, we're active in this uh, space in, in a number of different countries, as you, as, as you mentioned. And, uh, and actually, we, we, we met the guys that, uh, that, that ran the report, ESI Thought Lab, um, at Barcelona, at the Smart City Expo you, you, you mentioned earlier, a couple of years ago. Um, and, and immediately we, we struck up a, a, a sort of a conversation, a kind of mutually engaging conversation around, around this area. And certainly one topic that came up was because there's a lot of technology uh, in, in, inferred and, and, and actually in, in, in the smart city world, um, there can be a risk of, of, of uh, pilots, proofs of concept, and you know, small initiatives to kick things off and to, just to, to demonstrate that things function. Um, the, 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 the risk, and, and actually we've seen it so many times, probably a frustrating number of times, is that those uh, pilots and those initiatives haven't scaled, haven't gone on to do anything. Mm. So whilst you've got a, a, a very attractive, very successful prototype working in maybe a small neighborhood of the, of the city, for example, it hasn't gone on for a number of reasons we can we can dive into if you'd like to, um, but but why it hasn't gone across to, to benefit uh, all all of the city and all of the citizens uh, within that city. So the conversation started a- a- along those lines really, and um, the, the the report as you as you mentioned is is essentially a business case or a, or a business plan, uh, helping and guiding cities uh, along that journey there was there there was a sense that um some cities need that justification well why should i do this why why should i invest my hard-earned money from from my citizens or you know public money in, in into this area and and the report goes a long way to answering those questions about about why why to do it and indeed how to do it
0: i um and that's just such an important conversation that I don't necessarily think we've had, you know, a good meaningful dialogue around in the smart cities sort of space. Um, and what drew, what, what drew my attention um, to this report was, was that it was really focusing on that business case and and sort of financing. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump straight in and sort of ask you a range of questions here about the report. Um, I, I sort of, Section two sort of, you know, heads straight into sort of, you know, the business case for smart cities. And, you know, I get asked, it'd be, you know, twice a day, you know, what is the business case for smart cities? You know, we want to see it. Have you seen one? There's certainly a sense that there's loose value and benefits around, you know, greater efficiency and things like that. Um, the, report, um, the report shows some really interesting findings and um, sort of stats around sort of top benefits realised now, benefits expected to be realised by 2021. Um, it also goes into sort of like the fastest growing ex- expected benefits. Um, what was your... The question is, what was, what was your takeaway... From sort of the business case part of this this document, did did anything surprise you? Um, are, are you optimistic about the business case? Do you feel it's a uh, it's a starting point that has certainly got leverage opportunity? Um, we're still lacking in in business case. G- give me sort of a bit of a warts and all you know overview of the the business case sort of component of this and what your thoughts were.
1: Okay, yeah. Um so no huge surprises in that sense, but what what I thought was was really positive was real numbers were, were put on this. The, um, the the report had some pretty robust um, academic and 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 practicing expert uh, economic modelling on it, both both at a kind of high level uh, macro level and a, and a micro level as well. And it was it was it was backed up with. Um, you know, detailed analysis coming from each city and surveys both of um, the city governments plus businesses plus uh, the people that live there plus, you know, thousands of, of, of citizens. So, so the, 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 the data was robust and the, and the output in terms of, well, you know, what's the return on investment for mobility, for example, was quantified and tangible and backed up with, with, with reasons why. And I thought that was that's really the strength of this. So it's not um, the opinion the, the opinion of, of Adam Beck or Mark Zornas or or, or or some technologist that wants to sell you an IoT platform, for example. This is independent, um, objective, robust analysis, and I think that's the, the the real strength that we can take from this. Um, the report talks about. Um, investment in, in, in smart cities, the different components, and it's, it, it's broken down conveniently. But, you know, br- the investment in the different components of, of, of smart cities can yield a return. You know, sometimes we hear, or in fact often we hear that, well, look, you know, I would love to invest more in technology and in these areas, and I'd love to uh, get my infrastructure uh, you know, back up to uh, a, a high-standard but I, I, I have no money as a, as a city government I, and I have to invest in these areas. So really I, I have no freedom to in, invest further in this. I think the, what the report demonstrates is not only the ways of uh, funding and financing these things differently, but if, if a city does that or, or if the city works collaboratively with, a, with, with, with private sector and third sector organizations to do it, there will be that return. You know, You can have that confidence uh, that the, the return will come. So for me, it, 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 was, the, it was the tangibility, but also the, the sort of range of where the, 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 the returns come back from. And you, and you can see that, you know, for example, if you improve or reducing uh, congestion uh, related to road traffic in a, in, in a city, you could see uh, commensurate improvement in, in air quality, you could see the, the the city becoming a more attractive place to live, which attracts more residents, which pay more uh, city taxes. Uh, businesses become attractive because they can see that they have the right people and the right talent there. So, you know, the, the, the report talks about this virtuous cycle uh, of, you know, you, you get you get one, one wheel spinning and then the other ones will go along with it. So, uh, you know, a, a, an attractive... Prospect of twenty-one percent increase in uh, in
0: GDP uh, should be something that we all pay attention to. Oh, a- a- absolutely. Um, the other, the other really, f- oh, I think the word is fascinating. Uh, the other real fascinating lens and layer that has been introduced to this work in the report is that of, you know, something that resembles a maturity model. So um, for those for those sort of ROIs on certain investments, whether it's, as you say, mobility or in environmental initiatives or other infrastructure projects, um, the the analysis are being done. what is the ROI based on your level of maturity as a smart city, you know whether a, a beginning, a beginner, a transitioning city or 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 a leadership city when it comes to smart cities and um you know my eyes are drawn immediately to um uh one of the one of the graphs on page six where it sort of has the bar charts of the return on investments you know based on those verticals um and you know a a sort of a a leader city you know under that sort of level of maturity that's been identified or, or described in the report um, the return on investment is just so substantially um, higher than sort of the beginner and the transitioning. So it was very interesting to see across the different verticals uh, what the potential ROI realised is based on your level of maturity as a city. Um, so, so that was really fascinating. Um, the other, the other one for me. Um, and I'd love to get your observations on this is, is on page, um, you know, over the page on page seven, figure 10 speaks to this idea of, or or it makes this sort of statement that beginner cities. So those that are less mature at the moment, but, but those that are beginning, they're going to see the largest growth, you know, in, in GDP, uh, and population, um, you know, and therefore, sort of opportunity. That that's a really interesting sort of you know modeling output that's been uh, has been presented here in the report. What are your what are your sort of thoughts on that sort of level of maturity? And you know, there's obviously leaders, you know, leaders that have been out there for some time. You know, Barcelona and other European cities. Um, but I'm I'm getting the sense that those beginner cities. Are potentially going to come in and really reap the benefits of, of others that have gone before them and, you know, failed and, and tried again and, and eventually nailed it. And, you know, these, these sort of more beginner cities are going to, you know, have the opportunity to potentially leapfrog and, and really really sort of break, break through.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. you know,
0: there, there is the sense that beginner
1: cities, you know, and, and certainly as we talked earlier with the, you know, all of the technology and all of the potential and all of the lessons learned um, there, is, there there is no way uh, a, a problem with being a beginner city in, in, in many respects you could say a beginner city is a, is a city with a blank sheet of paper that can learn from everybody else and, and accelerate to well there's never an end point let's be honest but you know can accelerate to to becoming a smarter city um, much, quicker, much much quicker and much more cost effectively than possibly a leader that's been at it for. Ten or fifteen years, l- learning some hard lessons as as you go. Um, so there's definitely that 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 sense to it. Um, I, I, I should say that the that the team ascribed the uh, the, the the definitions of beginner, transitioning, and, and, and leader um, through a combination of different metrics. It wasn't just a, a self proclaim self proclaimment from the from the city itself, nor uh, just from the team, team saying, "Oh, we've 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 heard of what you're doing in in Paris, for example. Therefore, you must be a leader." It, it was actually a, an objective assessment. So, uh, you know, de- definitely have that sense that um, uh, be- beginners could leapfrog. You, you you also have that the, the interesting um, part that that leader cities. And transitioning cities and beginner cities tend to invest in different things, um, which, which is interesting. I think the, the appeal for cities listening to this that maybe weren't part of the 136 or the 11 deep dive cities that were that were part of the study is to find. You know, the whole the whole essence of it was a benchmarking study, so you can look at other cities. Um, in in different places that might have similar characteristics to your own, and, and, and really learn from uh, f- learn from that. Um, th- there is definitely a, uh, a a small health warning uh, part of it. That uh, and, and there are within the report there are some kind of fundamental. They call them pillars of of, of the smart city development. And for for, for beginner cities, there's a, there's a strong encouragement to. Um, invest and support the foundation pillars first rather than just diving into technology almost for technology's sake so um, it's saying that to be successful you need to sort of follow this this approach of these these investing and supporting these foundation pillars and so on so successful uh, beginner cities. The the, the best way of, of of growing is to it sort of takes you on that journey of, of 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 where to go, where to invest, how to develop your own your own smart city. But yeah, definitely that reflection that uh, different maturity levels within city means that they invest different levels by percentage of their own budget in in, in different components.
0: Um, f- nothing nothing short of of, of fascinating. Um, uh, we, we're not even going to get through <laughs> get through half of this, Mark, um, because there's so much in here. But um, uh, I turn, you know, I, I, I turn to page ten, which presents a couple of tables, which blew my mind. Um, the first table, table three, you know, talks to um, the per- the percentage uh, in which cities are planning to use or leverage um, data and it it goes through a range of technologies, you know, IOT, uh, social media, geospatial, predictive data, crowdsourced, artificial intelligence and, you know, it talks about, you know, the percentage by which they're planning to use those different technologies now and then in three years. Um, three years, of course, you know, 36 months, somewhat of a long time, but not really in the in the broader scheme of things. Um, and I, I jump straight to the figure down in the in the far right bottom corner, which is 336%. So cities are planning to leverage data through, and the technology is artificial intelligence. The increase over the next three years, 36 months. 336%. I mean, that is just an amazing sort of statistic there. Um, my question to you is I'd love your sort of re- reflections on that, um, but reflections uh, reflections on what the data says, but I'd love to get your your insight and maybe ground-truthing on on sort of what you're seeing out there day-to-day working, you know, with real clients and delivering infrastructure and the work that you do. Is, is your experience sort of in some way confirming that substantial increase in you know the the plan for cities to leverage data with AI? What what are your reactions to to that number and that technology in particular?
1: Yeah, uh, look, I, 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 it, it is a phenomenal number, and I, I think the you know the potential of. Um, Using data and, and and maximizing the benefit of, uh, of of data is there. I mean the the the, the figure from you know, three hundred and thirty six percent is not a figure that we would use. Certainly in in our own service delivery, we we would look at. I mean we we we've seen some phenomenal IoT benefits of you know, of, of sort of forty fifty percent saving in, in 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 service delivery. It can be phenomenal, um, but uh, but I think also the the, the the subject of data it can, can be a bit nebulous and a bit intangible for 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 people. So um, to try and ground that, there are there there are some things that that, that cities can do and service providers e- equally can can do. So around data, which uh, I, I, I love the expression uh, in in the report that that data is the rocket fuel of the of the smart city. But of course, we have to make data available. And that's um, that's the city making it available. It's making it open in, and, and, and accessible. It's using that data for uh, for AI, for predictive analytics, for all those things. The, we we don't see in our in our contracts terribly often. We just get it starting to come in now. But you know we do we deal with it as a as a services business working with. Uh, around a thousand municipalities globally at any one time, we work with a with a phenomenal amount of of data, but rarely in the procurement contracts that that we have with uh, with city councils does it say what we need to do with the data, who owns the data um, and, and and some of these elements so i think I think um, procurement is an opportunity for cities to uh, set out their stall for the smart city to make it open, accessible, monetizable in a fair way, um, but but also to mainly to get it used. You know there there are different players around the the, the city ecosystem. All we're all sitting on pockets of of data, and um, we're, we're, we're not releasing them. We're not able to release them. We don't know how to release them. We're not using them. So I think yeah, from 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 a sort of managed point of view from our own service delivery working with city partners we we can see phenomenal benefits from 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 getting uh data i, I gave the example of uh, internet of things data and running our services differently um but the, there are lots of uses of, of data and and really this is this could well be the the the, the new lifeblood or or indeed the rocket fuel of uh, of the smart city
0: yeah you make a good point there mark around sort of what we read and what sort of predictions and modeling show just like this report and and what you're seeing in real life coming through in in sort of tenders and specification and you know the the particular needs from from you know government um table four on on that page 10 you know talks a little bit similarly to Table three, you know, the percentage of growth in certain technologies. This one in particular is, you know, the technologies they plan to use. And, you know, table four has the usual suspects like, you know, AI machine learning, uh, you know, augmented and virtual reality, drones and robots, blockchain, um, you know, phenomenal percentage growth predicted there in blockchain, you know, 752% in three years. Um, Just on those technologies for a moment, and I probably want to really maybe just focus on AR and VR and drones for a moment. Um, Given that, given that sort of Frovial and broad spectrum are are very deeply, um, you know, operating in sort of the worlds of, you know, built infrastructure and built environment. Are you seeing, are you seeing a, an uptake of AR, VR drones as a little package of technologies, not necessarily together, but, you know, as individual technology, are, are you seeing any sense of sort of mainstreaming there? I mean, do, do you, are you, do your clients walk into the room and say, okay, give me the goggles, I want to I see it, you know, put the, put okay. the, the VR headset on, you know, where, where are we at in terms of, you know, the, the distance we've got to go before we, we sort of really see mainstreaming versus, you know, a client or two that wants to have a play with these things?
1: uh absolutely i
0: mean f- f- for me that's the
1: that, that that's the key point that the the, the technology usually works yeah it, it, it's it, it in many many cases uh in, and certainly some of those cases you you talked about the technology is already there it's already functional you can go and buy it um but often it's not specified requested or or, or supported through uh, the, the the contracts that that, that we deliver, so or um, augmented reality, for example, um, can be used to enhance um, services within buildings or on on street. You know, you can centralise the experts and uh, get that expertise out very cost effectively and, and and quickly to, to to field workers. But if the contract with the city council saying um, it is very input specified effectively to say no you you need to have ten guys doing these specific tasks at any one time it doesn't allow an organization like ours or, or or our peers to to say okay well, we'll have three guys out there and we'll have a couple of experts back back in us to deliver those efficiencies so i think pr- procurement uh, is 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 a, is a strong way that the cities can can release some of this uh, in, innovation from uh, from the certainly the private sector but but the third sector as well so that that would be a key point uh, I I, w- I would make there, there is no real sense in, in doing technology for technology's sake uh, but something like virtual reality again that that's getting better all the time but certainly we're using it um, in, in broad spectrum to uh, to enhance the safety of, 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 of our people, so we can we can train them in a, a extreme examples of uh, you know, di- di- different scenarios, working on a, a oil and gas plant or um, in, in in different city services, for example, so that the the, the safety of our of, of our people and and others other state stakeholders can be maintained. So. Um, Virtual reality can be can be used in that way we use it for drivers as well to to, to simulate uh, fatigue and things like that so a- absolutely th- those things uh, those technologies and others um, are, are are there they're developing all the time but we need we need to work together to to, to release it we need to get all of our ducks in a row essentially to to, to get the value of, of these uh, of these technologies
0: i um uh, just sort of building on that, uh, yourselves as an organization, I mean, you, you've got to not not only, you know, provide the, the sort of best services, you know, in class to your clients, but as an organization yourself, particularly when you're operating assets, owning assets, and, um, you know, trying to optimize them. Internally as an organization, there's obviously a need to, to sort of stay ahead of the curve. Um, Just back to sort of your role in the Centre of Excellence for Cities, Mark, um, can you give us some insights internally? Have you got some internal research programs that are going on? Like how do you use your organisation as a lab before you sort of then take it out to clients and, and other stakeholders? Is there sort of any internal uh, internal advancement of tech and what what are you finding or what are you focusing on and why?
1: I, I, I suppose the first thing to say is that we're not a technology development company. We, we, we always work with, uh, with others. We, we, we tend to be the appliers of, of technology. So we can be quite uh, technology agnostic. We can, uh, we, we can test different things, but I mean, you, you heard me use the word earlier, uh, Collaborative. I mean, that, that's how we work. We work in a, in a collaborative way. So um, if we're, we're, we're either approached by a technology company to say, hey, look, we've got this new, new thing this is gonna help you, um, or, or we get the feedback from one of our, uh, our operational teams that say, hey, we've got a problem here. We, we need to be able to do this better, quicker, cheaper, for example. Uh, that, that's when the city's team le- leaps in to try and uh, work together. We love working with uh, with, with clients, cities uh, directly on these things. Um, not not least of which because they they can see the benefit from it as well. But they can uh, get involved and they have a uh, a unique perspective that maybe we don't have a lot of the time. So always working together is the is the right way forward. Um, just reflecting on the on the Smarter Cities 2025, um, you know the, the business case. Uh, Research report that, that that we're talking around. We we did a piece of of work. We called it um, One Vision, uh, probably a reflection of the uh, of the Queen song with Bohemian Rhapsody coming out as a song. <laughs> our uh, One Vision, or we 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 put One City Vision uh, in in there, now. was was a, a view forward. Again, twenty twenty five is not so far away.
0: No, no. Uh, in,
1: in in city planning terms. But, but we, we, we developed our own, so back to your question, we developed our own uh, vision of, of, of what the citizens thought of the world in, in, in 2025. And again, we broke that into you know, the environment, around mobility and health and safety and, and, and these sort of key components. And we're using that. That was a sort of a, an, an internal thought, thought leadership piece. But you know, we, we're, we've developed it now and we're, and we're ready to share it. But it's it's where where the citizen uh, wanted the world that wanted their city to be in 2025, and for us, because we you know we're just learning to to, to take the view of the citizen and what's important to them and 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 how to influence their behaviour and to, to to get them to, to to become compliant with the rules and all of these things, and 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 really, what's fascinating is that the world that they see might be very very different from how. Uh, city leaders and, and, and officers and service providers view things so I think you know getting an insight into how the world could be from a citizen point of view is certainly helping us drive the direction of our I- innovation programs going forward so yeah I, I would say our, our, our one vision thanks to Queen or our one city vision uh, citizen view of the world is, is is certainly an example of an internal program we're doing uh, ourselves
0: And, um, just in terms of your, your, your internal work, um, can you give me any insights as to how you, I mean, there's so many, there's so many sort of research projects or skunk work projects you could do. Um, are, are there any particular sort of focuses or priority areas that you, that you have or criteria you use to prioritize those?
1: Well, we certainly have you know, our own corporate strategy, but, but really we, we listen to what's going on. We listen to uh, uh, city partners and we listen to um, our, our contracts to try and find ways of, of making things better. We, we always have a, we have a market intelligence function that, that's constantly listening and engaging the, the wider um, innovation technology ecosystem. We're running three mobility incubators at the moment, so that's not not, not quite true. We're participating in three um, mobility incubators: one in uh, Portugal, one in uh, Spain (Barcelona), and one one in the UK. And with a with, with an overall um, overarching topic of mobility and you know, new urban mobility, ride share, vehicle share. Um, it's about ticketing and, and, and all of these different components we're engaging uh, startups differently in those three different programs and what that allows us to do is is, is on a sort of sim- simple basis effectively introduce us and, and and fellow partners to different startups what they can do what value they can bring and, and then it encourages it encourages us to work together so uh we're working in barcelona on the last mile solution um, in the UK, on sort of safety, highway uh, safety data I- information, and, and in uh, and in, uh, Lisbon, for example, we're we we're, we're, we're trialling uh, electric scooters, and we're we're, we're looking at uh, telematic data that can help uh, in, in increase the efficiency of of larger fleets. So, a wide uh, range of different different things, but mobility is important for us. Uh, I, I just mentioned the the, the citizen behaviour, behavioural science, nudge science is, is something we're looking at. But then you know, diving into the specifics of the services that we offer, so it could be around highways, it could be around waste and environmental services. Uh, so yeah, we, we we like to keep ourselves busy for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and on that mobility one, Mark, um, you know, I fundamentally agree. I mean, there's just so many significant opportunities with mobility because it touches on you know, multiple factors, you know, mobility pretty much touches on every individual person every day. You know, it's, it's, it means access to opportunity. It means high or low emissions. You know, there's, there's so many benefits, so many benefits to that. Um, so as I said, at the beginning and the outset of the podcast, um, we we were never going to get through the entire report at all. And we don't, we don't want to give away everything because we want, we want folks to go and, uh to sort of download it and read it um what i would like to do just to sort of wrap up here mark um i understand you're going to be uh, heading to australia in a couple of months time um can you give us a sense of uh what your trip's going to involve over here and um i'd love to sort of you know hear about the types of things you're going to get involved in
1: sure yeah um so yeah in, in in april i'm i'm uh uh, delivering the keynote at uh, at Ampeak, which is a, a, an asset management conference, uh, clearly hoping to catch up with you, Adam, and the, and, and the guys meet some uh, some some clients and and, and broad spectrum uh, colleagues. Uh, just check on and, and promote progress of, of of some initiatives that we're working uh, in Australia and New Zealand. But also take the take the opportunity to. Uh, to, to meet some very interesting companies that you that you have over there, some some real pioneering startup scale up companies l- looking at different things, especially within the mobility world. Uh, I, I'd say uh, some uh, Australian cities certainly are, are leading in. Uh, components of on demand and, uh, autonomous vehicles. So yeah, there's, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to keep myself busy over there as well for, for sure.
0: Well, we're looking forward to, to having you and indeed for our listeners, um, depending on when they're listening uh, to this, this episode, uh, we will be certainly sharing, uh, opportunities planned for certainly connecting, uh, connecting with you, Mark. So we're looking forward to sharing that. Um, I I suppose I I wrap up here by asking you a bit of a personal question and, you know, looking forward to to sort of 2019, I know there's, there's a lot of noise. You've got a lot going on, you know, client work, research work, you know, as a, as a, as a city's guy, um, and where it's all at, you read a lot about where it's going, Um, talk us, talk us through, you know, your, your sort of goals for 2019 as a, as a practitioner, um, what you're really interested in, in sort of seeing play out, what you're, what you're looking forward to working on, um, and and anything else that's, that's sort of really exciting you for the next sort of 12 months or so.
1: Yeah, thanks. There's, I mean, for me, it's, it, it's really embedding some of the um, successes we, we, we've already had or, and we've seen that other people have had. So it's, it, it's working with cities through our services in, 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 into those cities to get things done at scale. You know, I, I, I get really excited by the new potential of, of, of technology and, and, and new solutions, uh, but what really works? What really impacts people? Makes a difference to the cities, and makes a difference to the people who live in the cities. And it makes a difference to our organisation. Is doing things at scale, um, and you know, using the uh, the Smart Cities twenty twenty five Report as a foundation. Uh, I, I really get the sense that that uh, the Smart Cities movement is is it, not only interesting, but it but it's getting traction and. Um, and and, and is is getting momentum. So I I really hope that that's going to um, keep keep sort of bouldering forward. Just just a sort of um, note of of caution, if I put my pessimistic cap on for a second, I I think there are um, some different attitudes to to technology around uh, drones around airports or cyber security and and all of these things that... The, and and, and uh, a, a couple of accidents from, um, you know, some of the autonomous vehicle pilots. That um, it, we we have to keep a, a, a managed but positive uh, approach to technology going forward. You know, the, 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 there's always going to be uh, challenges, and we need to continue to develop the programs around technology with, you know, with with, with care and attention. But you know, I'm 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 i hope that we all stay positive about the uh, about the potential of uh, of the smart city going forward but now uh, broadly i see a, a, a positive year uh, it, it coming i see building on previous years and i see i see cities that maybe haven't really dipped their toe into this before uh taking the opportunity as we discussed at the beginning to 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 identify a a, a potential leap forward uh through, through smart city developments to, to, to really help them and help their people
0: well mark I, I certainly uh, share and align with a number of those th- those comments I'm, I'm always sort of advocating for a you know a, a balanced mind and a balanced head in terms of uh, certainly um, questioning and querying when we need to um some of those technology and, and security and privacy and other issues that we certainly need to sort of keep a strong eye on, but certainly making sure that we, we promote, we celebrate um, some of the technology and data solutions that are fundamentally changing people's lives. Uh, I think this, this report we've been, we've been talking through on this episode, the, the Smarter cities 2025 report um Provides a real important milestone for this movement. Um, I, I've been trying to find for the last 12, 24 months that that sort of that important document that captures something that resembles, you know, a business case um, for this agenda. Um, I, I think this is uh, by far the, the the best that I've seen so far. No doubt it'll it'll evolve. Um, so, um, Mark, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to have you join us on the Chronicles, um, to talk us through some of those, those key highlights. Um, certainly recommend to our listeners to sort of, you know, get into a, uh, a search browser on their, um, on their computer and, uh, and, and, download that document. Just Googling smarter cities 2025 will certainly get you there. Um, Mark Saunders from Ferrovial. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode. Pleasure, Adam. Always good to talk to you. And for our listeners, um, again, we've had Mark Saunders, who is the director of the Centre of Excellence for Cities uh, at Ferrovial, uh, talking us through that uh, sort of milestone report that was released uh, late last year. Um, our partner, one of our partners at the Smart Cities Council, uh, Broad Spectrum, is indeed one of the Ferovial companies uh, and certainly uh, a leader globally. Uh, in everything infrastructure and assets uh, and value add. For our listeners um, who haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so uh, and we encourage you to jump on to whatever your fav- uh, favourite uh, platform is, whether it's uh, Apple, iTunes, Podcasts, uh, Spotify or SoundCloud. Um, we will uh, be coming to you shortly in a couple of episodes' time with some other uh, report, research Uh, releases. Uh, But until then, uh, we thank you uh, for joining us on this episode uh, and hope you keep well.